0: Welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews, that would be me, and Zara McDonald, that would be you. Hello, we're back. We're, we're back. back. Hi, producer Annabelle Lee. Hi, guys. Sorry, that was meant to be my life, but I'm already <laughs> out of practice. So. Coming up on today's show everything that happened over the summer break from ariana grande telling us it's not our business whose dick she rides to host joe coy bombing at the golden globes the selena gomez taylor swift gossip session that was watched by the world the viral trend that suggested paul meskel runs away from his one-night stands (laughs) a brand new relationship between star of the moment barry keoghan and sabrina carpenter convicted killer gypsy rose blanchard becomes social media's hottest new influencer and an explainer on the Real Housewives finale that everyone's been talking about. But first, Zara Alice McDonald, how was your break? Hi, I had a great break.
1: I'm feeling very refreshed and happy to be back. You look refreshed. I think the one thing I keep saying on repeat since I've been back at work is, and everyone would have heard me say this: December deeply overrated. Oh god, you're crawling to the finish line. Your social life is out of control. <laughs> work is out of control, and you have no energy to deal with it. January is underrated because everybody thinks they will be depressed coming back from work, without realizing they're refreshed. They mm. have time for the social engagements. They have time for the work, and the Australian
0: opens on and know they're actually sponsored but that wasn't even <laughs> a sponsor plug. I completely agree. I think what you just said reminded me of that meme. Remember when it was like I've lost control of the day? December yes. is I've just lost control of the month. Oh, I've, I've lost control of the month. I am haggard. I am tired. I am weary. I have control of January. Oh, I feel January's so is,
1: in control.
0: January's our little bitch. Oh I love <laughs> it
1: and the weather in Melbourne is like really coming out. I spent my break in Japan, one of the greatest countries in the world, the first time I'd ever visited. I kind of skied and then spent a good chunk of time in Tokyo. I mean, let this be a sign. If you've never been to Tokyo and you're thinking about it and you're seeing people go, you must go to Tokyo.
0: Aye, aye, Captain. I would love to go to Tokyo. I
1: was just, I was obsessed with it. I think if you like shopping, particularly vintage shopping, and you like eating good food... I think it's the perfect place for you. You
0: also went to the snow? Yes, I skied. Your legs when you came back were deeply troubling. You were wearing, I think you were wearing shorts on your first day in the office and I looked at your legs and I'm like, what has happened? (laughs) I'm going to blame
1: climate change because the occasional not enough snow on the odd run that I shouldn't have gone down. Mm. They did warn me, not enough snow on the run and I thought, I'm having a good day, I'll be fine. (laughs) I, on one particular day, was not having a good enough day. And fell basically onto concrete. Ouchie. And my legs were just covered in bruises. Yeah. But I I love it. Like, it's the best. It's the best fun ever. So I had a great break. Do you want to tell me about your break? And then we'll get to recommendations.
0: Oh, I love it. Let's do it. I had the best break too. Had the true of a lifetime. Mitch and I decided in late October that we wanted to go. We were toying with the idea of going to New York for a really long time. We were kind of umming and ahhing about it. And then late October... We just decided. We pulled the trigger. We're like, we're going on this trip. And thank God we did. It was just marvellous. I mean, New York's kind of famous for a reason. I <laughs> know. It's a great city. I was over there being like, hmm, there's something about New York. Uh, it's almost like this should be one of the concrete world's Concrete jungle. where reason Aww. made of? That's, all the songs are written about New York for a reason. And they also blast those songs. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. I was there. I was there for Christmas, actually. We landed on Christmas. Oh, we landed two days before Christmas. Our first full day was Christmas Eve, which was obviously magical. And they do blast around Christmas those like classic New York songs, Welcome to New York by Taylor Swift, Alicia Keys so and Jay-Z of course. And I did wonder, do the locals fucking hate this? Are they so sick of it? Nah. Or do you have to lap it up and be like, yeah, we're the city that everyone writes a song about? I think they know that deep in their heart. They might walk around a little
1: cynical about it, but yeah. I think they're there for a reason. It
2: feels yeah. a little too on the nose for New York, like a little too cringe, perhaps. Yeah. So it's a too difficult? obvious yeah. for New York. New York's
0: a bit of a cool girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is a really cool girl city. And it was just the best people watching of my entire life. Everyone in New York is just so themselves. Oh, <laughs> so I themselves no celebrities though uh okay i was at the christmas day basketball game oh true the knicks played and so i saw lots of celebrities i was actually kind of close to them i, I couldn't smell them but, but let's pretend that i could <laughs> in the front row you had 50 cent kevin hart there was also chrissy Teigen and john legend but weird little celebrity sighting guys chrissy Teigen and john legend were there with two of their kids they've got four now they did the whole like they were up on the jumbotron i think they oh it. yeah like up on the big screen did the whole waving thing to the camera we're here it's christmas day whatever but then as soon as the camera was off them and we were back to watching the basketball chrissy and john and their kids left and i was watching it being <laughs> like wait it's only like halfway through the game i'm skeptical and this was a close <laughs> game guys this I'm was skeptical. a good game the knicks were winning this was like a big deal. All of a sudden they disappear and then they usher in these, like, influencers into their seats so that the front row wasn't empty. What do we think? Because you said, you know, maybe the kids just weren't hacking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, like, young
1: kids, maybe, like, four. Surely they had their
0: nannies with them. Uh, Yeah, you couldn't see them in shot, but I imagine somewhere off in the wings there was a couple of nannies. I just, I don't
1: know. They wanted to get on the jumbotron and then they wanted to leave. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. (laughs) When I told Sarah this in the office, she's like, Headed for divorce back. <laughs> oh. okay, that's reading a lot into it. I agree with you. It was strange. But then I'm like, I've never had a young child. Sorry. It's not often we have our own celebrity sighting. Let me make some <laughs> connections.
1: Annabelle, very quickly, you were you decided to work through the break a little I bit. Did. Are you still feeling the January refresh or not quite?
2: I'm feeling it. Perhaps not to the extent that you're right. feeling it, but that's okay. It was quite quiet over the time I was working over the break. But so. you've got holiday coming in March. I'm going to China and Vietnam,
1: which so is very exciting. We're excited for you and we'll get you to there, hopefully in one piece. Thank you very much. Just (laughs) tears rolling.
2: Got to me crying.
1: (laughs) Zara, recommendation? Okay, I've got three. I'm going to kind of churn through them as fast as I can, which is never very fast. I've also got three, so we're twins. Great. I have a book. I have to give props to Sahani, our multimedia producer. She also is kind of, I would say, largely in charge of our book club, and we speak a lot about books together, and she said, you have to take this book away. I need you to read it. She doesn't think enough people are talking about it, and she's like, it's one of my favourite books from the year. It is called All That's Left Unsaid. It's based in Australia. It is one of the most remarkable books I've read in the last six months. Five stars all round. It's heavy, I will say that. It's heavy in a way, but I read it on the plane in one go in one sitting. I always find it hard to talk about the plot of a book without giving anything away. It's based in the 90s and it's a crime story. And it's based on a Vietnamese-Australian family whose young 19-year-old was murdered at a Restaurant. and then they are kind of trying to work out what happened and no one at that restaurant is speaking. Wow. It's r- incredibly sad. It's incredibly powerful. It, I don't want to sell it as like a murder mystery, even though it is, because I wouldn't say that's like the foremost theme yeah. of the book.
0: It's like it's interlaced throughout it, but it's yeah. not the main attraction. A hundred percent.
1: It's It's a really beautiful book. As I said, five out of five. I wow. really, really want our community to read it. The second thing I want to recommend is a podcast. It's one of the best podcasts I've listened to in a long time as well. I've been sitting with it and I've been thinking a lot. It's called How to Discover Your Own Taste and it's on the Ezra Klein Show. I don't know if you guys saw this being shared around in the last week or so, but it's an interview with Ezra Klein and the staff writer at The New Yorker called Kyle Chaker. Kyle has written a book called Filter World, How Algorithms Flattened Culture. Now, top line synopsis of this podcast and why I loved it so much is I feel like this podcast is a summation of thoughts I've been trying to have over the last year <laughs> but haven't been quite smart enough to get there. it, like, like? I feel it. like I've been trying to get there and I just haven't. A big part of my disillusionment with social media and Instagram over the last year is not just led by anxiety that I've spoken about before but also this kind of great sense that Instagram and TikTok feel so homogenized now Like there's like a, a single universal way to do Things right, mm. travel, shop, eat. And I feel quite put off by it. And this conversation is all about A, trying to recognize your own taste and like what you like, and also a conversation about how social media has completely flattened it. And it feels very much like there's one way to have good taste now, and that's that. Like there's almost a checklist. Mm. And i remember last year i remember i tried to talk about this piece and again i feel like it's one of those conversations i didn't quite nail right want i recommended that piece on in defense of
2: gatekeeping i remember this and this yeah. feels
1: very linked to it because i think what i was trying to say then is any time you do anything online you can't do it without people being like where's it from and what restaurant did you eat at and what are the tips as if they're going to be left out if they're not following that same checklist
0: it's very much this approach of like oh you're doing it we're doing it this is a Mm. we thing we do this we look like this we live like this yeah and I think it's stripping us of our individuality Mm. and I
1: really loved this I mean when I went to Tokyo I got so many dms from people being like send us your tips send us your tips and don't get me wrong I need recommendations before I I travel.
0: Followers with tips. (laughs) I need them.
1: I need a base point, right? I need Mm. a base point to start always. But sometimes when I was working off other people's tips, I would turn up, particularly in Tokyo, and there would just be lines Mm. or blocks down the road. And it's like, fuck, I I don't want that. And so I ended up just like getting on Google and being like, well, where's like a pretty highly rated restaurant Mm. in my radius? Mm. Because I didn't have three hours to waste in line. And I thought about that a lot as I was listening to this episode. And I think I really liked it because I try every time I go on break to spend time off social media – and it sounds very earnest, but I feel most myself when I do that. Yeah. Like when I am not looking at anyone else, I'm just sort of focusing on me and I'm shopping and I'm I feel most aligned with myself. And I think this podcast kind of reaffirmed why that's so important to me. Yeah. So I think you guys would really like it. I just think it's like a really interesting conversation. And I think it's probably going to be the next frontier of our conversations about being online. It's how do you be yourself online yeah. without everyone looking and doing the same thing, feeding into that I watched a film that I think is, like, my favourite film. Stop speaking now. You watched a what? I watched a film. And it's, like, the best... Breaking news, massive news. The best film I've watched in so long. And I wanted to say that on the show. And then I was like, oh, my God, what if it's, like, nobody else's favourite film and I've just set this up. And then after listening to this podcast episode, I was like... If it was my favourite film, I should just say it's my favourite film yeah. without worrying how it's going to be received. If it's other people's favourite it it's not relevant. I'm just telling you that it was my favourite film in years. Wow!
0: Okay, it's, named It's Past Lives with Greta Lee. Oh my
2: God, I fucking love this movie. I think,
0: have you seen it? Yeah, I, I wish you would have seen it. Greta Lee is in Morning Show with yes. Yes. Jennifer Aniston and Reese with a Spoon. Correct. And she is awesome. Also random, she wore a really good outfit to the Critics' Choice Awards. I'm obsessed with Greta Well, League.
1: after watching this film, I think she's kind of in my past basket. <gasps> Absolutely. That's how much I loved it. So you loved the film, Annabelle?
2: Yes, and she did an Actors on Actors with Andrew, Andrew Scott, Scott. which I And loved. they had great chemistry and she's just so funny and witty and oh, she's so talented. 100%. I adored this movie.
1: Guys, it's a short movie. It's like an hour and a half. I watched it on the plane with my partner. He loved it as well. It's a love story. Great. It's based on two kids who grow up in South Korea. They're best mates and there's like a little bit of, maybe they're kind of dating, but they're 11 or 12. (laughs) Will
0: they, won't they?
1: (laughs) And then Greta Lee's character actually immigrates to Canada and eventually ends up in America and they kind of reconnect a couple of times over the years. And it's beautiful
2: oh i love it guys you're gonna cry though michelle i cried on
1: that i love a (laughs) good (laughs) cry
0: (laughs) just stunning yeah it's stunning speaking of crying can i get to my please
1: i'm so sorry we're spending so much time on this it's post break
0: if you feel like a cathartic cry everyone you need to watch boy swallow's universe on netflix oh yeah i i and annabelle Uh have both watched this And we adored it. We both actually reviewed it on a brand new series we're doing over on the Shameless Book Club. It's called The Adaptation. Boys Wallers Universe, when it was released in 2018, quickly became one of my favourite books of all time. It's by Trent Dalton. This is a seven-episode adaptation and it will make you proud to be Australian. I will say that. It is just magical we both gave it five out of five annabelle yeah i won't labor on this point too much if you want to hear me talk about it for 40 minutes you can go listen to that episode now i also want to recommend a book and i have a podcast the book is called the villa it's by rachel hawkins it is a story about two best friends, one who achieves incredible career success, one who doesn't quite find herself Ooh. and ends up going through a divorce. They then spend a trip together in Italy, in a villa, in a villa, <gasps> and it's kind of also a look back on what has happened at this villa in the past. I will say, like, I, I'm again maybe to your point, Zara, about the movie Past Lives. I'm not expecting everyone to find the villa their favourite book. It wasn't my favourite book but I will tell you I read it in a single sitting. I sat on the plane from New York back to Melbourne. I opened the cover and I did not close the book. I inhaled every page and then I shut it and Mitch went did you just read an entire book in one sitting and I said yes I absolutely did. But that's the thing right I think any book that you can read that fast
1: in one sitting Mm. is worth having a conversation about. Mm -hmm. But I think maybe that's my other motto for this year is I spend so much time being like if I recommend this and I say that I love it does the expectation have to be mass appeal? Mm. But now I'm just going to be like, guys, this was my favourite thing. Take it or leave it. It's <laughs> <Is laughs> tough. No, absolutely. Tough titties, guys. <laughs> I just loved it. Do with that what you will. Well,
0: The Villa by Rachel Hawkins, if you want a book that's easy to fly through, amazing. up. And finally, the podcast interview. There is an amazing interview. It's two episodes in one, I think. It's a... Interview with Emerald Fennell, the creator, the director, the writer behind Salzburn, which I think was the movie of the summer. And then the second half of this episode is an interview with Andrew Scott all about his new film with Paul Mescal. Hello, Andrew yeah, Scott. <laughs> Andrew Scott gets two mentions before we even, you know, pass the recommendations. This is on Vanity Fair's podcast. It's called Little Gold Men. Over the break, I developed this just like, a feverish obsession with everything Emerald Fennell in particular. I cannot stop obsessing over her. The way she approaches writing, the way she approached creating Saltburn is just so fascinating to me. In this particular interview, she talks a bit about meeting Jacob Elordi for the nice. first time and why she connected with him and what she likes about him. I find her personality fascinating. She is very much a straight shooter. And yeah. I love that in women. Mm. I love women that are straight shooters. Emerald Fennell is that. And then some. And yeah, I just I just adore her. Read everything, listen to everything about her, but particularly on Little Gold Men.
1: I did watch Sobber over the break. What do we think? Let's you, actually quickly talk
0: about this. I love that we're like, we won't spend well, too long. <laughs> I
1: did this thing where I listened to a podcast review about it that gave away the whole plot. And then I was like, because I thought I was never going to watch it. That's and sickening. then I just watched it. That's so silly. Um, I thought it was actually quite, I was surprised I found it quite entertaining.
0: Yeah, I loved it. I I
2: loved it. Oh, yeah, I loved it too. I thought it was beautiful, like visually beautiful. Yeah. I, I agree on your
1: point about Emerald Fennell as well. I actually listened to an interview that she did on Happy, Sad, Confused, and she was asked about Bo Burnham. They were like, so what's Bo up to these days? Like the interviewer was clearly trying to get gossip, and she's like, um, he's quite private, so
0: I don't know what to say about him, but we're still friends. It was like so awkward. She actually has this really – likable trait of when an interviewer says something that isn't very respectful she kind of puts the awkwardness back on the interviewer it's a very interesting she, she gave
1: nothing and she, I liked it
0: she does a similar thing in the episode that I really, really liked the interviewer I don't think meant to do this but kind of made a comment that discredits her creative process a little bit and Emerald put it back to the interviewer in quite a blunt refreshing way that I really enjoyed I would die if I was the interviewer but I was like
1: fair enough I think she has every right to do that that is hilarious we have one very exciting announcement before we get into the world's most mammoth cooking (laughs) dirty this is just gonna be a bumper episode but you guys deserve it because we've been off for so long and we deserve it I've missed this (laughs) I have missed this as well we have a brand new shameless newsletter launching on Monday we
0: absolutely do guys We love putting out pop culture podcasts and we realized we also love writing about pop culture and we don't have a space to do that at the moment. We love our Ask Shameless newsletter. It's an amazing space for advice and insight and a whole bunch of incredible stuff. But we wanted a newsletter tied to the show a little bit. It is called Smart Dumb Stuff. Get it? it. Get it. (laughs) it. It's not written by yourself or myself, Zara. It's not. It's written by Frank. By Frank. And who is Frank? Frank (laughs) is uh, anonymous. Frank (sighs) is someone, it's one of our favourite writers ever, Frank, and we're never going to reveal Frank's identity, but we adore Frank's take on everything. We adore their writing. They are very Frank. That's how it it all came to be. They are Frank. They're honest and that's where we got the name from. And we're constantly looking to them to be like, what do they think? What, what's their take on this? Because sometimes, to be honest, it differs from our own, Zara. I think it's that. It's like you guys hear what our take
1: on things is every Thursday, but come Monday, if Frank has a different take or wants to talk about something different, the, the newsletter will sit alongside the show, but it will be fresh, different content every single week. I have no desire to put out a newsletter that is regurgitating the stuff we're already talking about. No. It, it will be different and I'm very excited. We've already got our first draft ready to to go. It will also include a short column from our pop culture journalist Eilish Gilligan called Pop Alt. She is not anonymous. I am naming her. And she wants to write all about internet culture because that's also something we touch on a little bit on the show, but there's a whole part of pop culture that we don't touch on as well. And she wants to write about that.
0: It's an incredibly fun newsletter. It's awesome. If you love pop culture and you like newsletters like we all do sitting at this table right now, subscribe to Smart Dumb Stuff. It is launching on monday afternoon the link to subscribe is in our show notes it's free to subscribe so just subscribe get it in your inbox i'm so excited about this it's fun and it's sassy and it's a bit dry and it's smart and it's smart and it's dumb
1: and it's (laughs) it's stuff as well (laughs) it's just stuff so please please subscribe we would
0: love you to subscribe to that shall we get into the world's biggest quick and dirty let's do it guys our first story for 2024 Ariana Grande calls out critics in Yes And, including the lyrics, Why do you care so much? Whose dick I ride? That oh, is from Cosmopolitan. Ariana Grande has returned to music after a very chunky hiatus. Chunky. <laughs> Her last album, Positions, was released in 2020. Her last single was released three years ago. She's back and she's back with a fucking bang. Here's the
1: thing, right. If we used the term clap back on this show, which we don't. We wouldn't. We would never. No. We banned that. If we used the term clap back,
0: we would use it here. But what we a can't, clap
1: back. But we obviously can't. Answer. We would
0: never. We wouldn't do that. No. But if we did, clap back would be the term we would use. Guys, can I read you some of the lyrics? Please. Now I'm so done with caring what you think. No, I won't hide underneath your own projections or change my most authentic life. My tongue is sacred. I speak upon what I like. Protected, sexy, discerning with my time. Your energy is yours and mine is mine. My face is sitting. I don't need no disguise. Don't comment on my body. Do not reply. Your business is yours and mine is mine. Why do you care so much whose dick I ride? I, I mean, you love the song. Guys, this is a bop. If you're going to respond to one of the biggest controversies of your career, that you have reportedly potentially maybe broken up a marriage or been involved in the breakdown of a marriage between two people who have only very recently had a baby... The way to respond is to put out the best song of all time. And dare I say, yes and is up there. I reckon I've listened to this song maybe 40 times. Seriously, I played it. I was at the gym last night on the stair machine. I played it five times back <laughs> to back. I was like mouthing the words. <laughs> it was the only thing that got me motivated to stay on the stairmaster. master. This song, it will be the top of my spotify wrapped. And we're like two weeks into the year. I mean... <sighs> I have so many thoughts on this. Have you I, listened?
1: Yeah, I listened once. Obviously, <laughs> I hadn't listened yesterday. I hadn't listened up until yesterday. But I knew that we were doing this, so I was like, I've got to listen to it once. <laughs> I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I'm never quite good with music when I listen to it for the first time. I sort of need to hear it mm-hmm. through osmosis for a month and then mm. see i have no taste this i don't know who i am <laughs>
2: hey don't i don't
1: i need other people you to tell do me.
0: know who you are you just struggle with I, first impressions <laughs> of music watching I have, you listen to a song is so funny because you just look puzzled you're like what am i supposed to think i don't know what i'm supposed to <laughs> think maybe the music. songs aren't good enough because sometimes like how did you feel when you
2: first listened to don't start now by
0: dua Lipa? that um, was an instant bop. i i, no, d- I Annabelle, don't Annabelle, I, I don't think so <laughs> she i watched know? her listen first time to multiple taylor swift <laughs> albums and every time we finished she would be like do I What, what do I, I think? <laughs> <laughs> I <don't know>. like, <laughs> the only song of? I've ever listened to and
1: thought I think I'm going to like this was As It Was by Harry Styles.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway, <laughs> sorry. What did you think of Yes and? I'll come back to you next week. Okay. I need I need more time. <laughs> I think I can understand why other people think it's Boppy. Okay. Is what I will say. Yep. Now, five hours after the single dropped, a music video went online to the whole thing's very eighties inspired. I think fair to say, quite
0: Kid TikTok
1: as well, and trying to become a bit of a moment.
0: Oh, there's a there's a dance in the music video, and I watched it, and I was like, I see you, Ariana Grande. Yes. I see what you're doing, and it's already working. People are doing this dance all over the app. The song was deeply inspired by Madonna's Vogue. The music video is apparently a very modern take on Paula Abdul's 1988 video called Hearted. The song is a collaboration with Max Martin, the most successful songwriter of our time. We've mentioned Max Martin a few times, particularly over on Scandal in Monday's episodes. He is behind Taylor Swift's Blank Space. He's behind The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. And of course, Britney Spears' Hit Me Baby One More Time. Three great songs. Mm -hmm. I can say that for sure now. (laughs) If you look at Max Martin's catalogue, it is so impressive. Like Katie, if you think of the most iconic songs of our generation, I Kissed a Girl, by Katy Perry. He's behind them all. It's incredible. I mean, at the time of prepping this story,
1: hashtag apologize to Ariana was trending on Twitter. I'm interested in what you guys actually think about this. (laughs) I don't want to be too like high and mighty and, uh, you know, on my high horse. I'm not on my high horse. I'm on my low horse. But I do. (laughs) I'm like, I care about what dick you're riding because it's sort of like not... A good story to be a part of sorry. No, sorry
0: the funny thing is is she's such a good gaslighter because the yeah. first few times i listened to this i'm like why did i care whose dick she rides and then i sat with it and i'm like wait a second of course i care whose dick she rides she's a celebrity her public life has always been made up for consumption she posted all of her wedding photos with dalton gomez she very much has put this on the public agenda Ethan Slater's ex-wife, Lily J came out and gave those quotes. I think it's that. It's like, I don't know if I agree to some level that because she's
1: put it on the public agenda, we have to talk about it. But it's like, you can't look at that story, even if you're the central character, and be confused as to why people care. No, I I think you can't. I appreciate most of the song, which is like... Don't comment on my body. There's a few other things where I was like, completely fair. Great song. The, that line I'm just sort of sitting with a bit
0: and it's not landing with me. Yeah, and I think a lot of Ariana's biggest fans are coming out and saying, we don't know that she did anything wrong. We don't know that she was the other woman. And Ethan Slater is, of course, more in the wrong if that was the case because it was his marriage to protect. But... Even if that's the case, like it's just not surprising looking at the timeline, the way this story broke, the fact that we found out Ariana wasn't married to Dalton Gomez or was going through a separation days before we found out about Ethan Slater, all of that is the recipe for a perfect celebrity story. And as much as I appreciate that this might be her sentiment, you cannot tell the public to just quash their curiosity. Curiosity is something that makes us all human it is of course going to pop up with a story that has ingredients like this. So as much as I love the song and I appreciate that's how Ariana Grande feels, I care very much whose dick she rides. In this particular context. Yeah, for sure. All right, we've got so much more to cover, but um, (laughs) we need to hear
1: a word from today's sponsor.
0: Our second story. Joe Coy performs first stand-up set since bombing at the Golden Globes, mocks soft celeb crowd. Can we fucking laugh at ourselves? That is from Variety. All right. Randomly quite the eventful Golden
1: Globes. I don't think the Golden Globes has been relevant in years. Yeah,
0: I've so many headlines, like
1: jam-packed full of headlines. And I care about a lot of them. So yep. we have a bit to unpack. This was on the 8th of January. We're going to start with Joe Joe Coy. I always want to say (laughs) Joe Coy. (laughs) I don't mean to humble him, but I had never heard of him. (laughs) No,
0: I had never seen him. had never heard of him. Was very confused when I first saw it. I thought maybe Joe was a woman because it's J-O as well. For the record, he does seem to be a bigger deal locally over in the US than internationally. He was big on Comedy Central, which is a like a channel they have over there. And he was also a panelist on Chelsea Handler's late night show a lot.
1: Yeah, now in case you missed it, he cracked quite a few jokes about the celebrities in the audience, which is pretty standard. Almost all of them bombed, I would say. I think it was what he said about the Barbenheimer battle that garnered the most
0: headlines. This is what he said. Oppenheimer is based on a 721 page Pulitzer Prize winning book about the Manhattan Project. And Barbie is on a plastic doll with big boobies. It's just like a boring, obvious, stupid joke. Uh, what I find interesting about all of this is that I think we're in a place where we can handle some edgy jokes. We can handle some edgy humor. It just has to actually be funny. Yeah. And I, I don't think where Joe Coy went wrong is necessarily that he was mean towards women Not or at all. disparaging towards female led productions. I think he went wrong in that his jokes just weren't very good. A hundred percent.
1: I mean, he also cracked a joke about Taylor Swift where he said the big difference between the Golden Globes and the NFL. On the Golden Globes, we have fewer camera shots of Taylor Swift. I swear there's just more to go to. I'm
0: like... Okay. So, yeah, sure. Like, okay, n- not very
1: funny. When does the joke yeah, happen? Oh, yeah, that's, oh, that's the best one ever. <laughs> anyway, so are you, when are you going to start telling me the jokes? <laughs> now, Taylor's face was kind of flat when she sipped her drink. I don't think she was neither here nor there. I think she also just didn't find it that funny either it was so palpably awkward through this monologue that Joe Coy turned on his writers he scrambled by telling the crowd yo I got the gig 10 days ago you want a perfect monologue yo shut up slow down I wrote some of these and they're the ones you're laughing at
0: that is imagine bombing so hard obviously you'd be frantic in your head you'd be like this is going so terribly like I want to die to then go I know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna gonna shit all over my writers (laughs) every time you're laughing
2: my work or me
1: (laughs) because it's like you're gonna have to work with them again Like it's just like one of those people. I I actually I'm sorry. I have a tendency to do this sometimes. If I find myself slipping, I will drag people down with me. Do you guys ever do that, or is this just a me thing?
2: Yeah, yeah. Ollie says I talk
1: to him all the time. That if I've lost the keys or like the keys going me. I'm pretty sure I said this before. I'll say, "Mm, I'm pretty sure you had to last. Just like who can I drag down with me?
0: Well, I love as well that Joe's explanation for this was also pretty clunky. Like he. had... This was so bad. This was so derided, this performance. He had to go on a bit of an apology tour of sorts. Like, he spoke to so many media publications to clear the air. He blamed bombing on the tight schedule. Apparently, he and the writers were assembled eight days before the event. They had one brainstorm together before the big night. But I loved what he told the LA Times when it came to throwing the writers under the bus. He said, there's a lot of greats who make rookie moves. (laughs) (laughs) Was like, a move. I'm literally going to keep that for when I make mistakes at work as well <laughs> a lot of the great mistakes he said those riders are dope and that was not my intention at all they were amazing they had my back and I need to make sure that I fix that and I will I always will. This guy just it's, sucks. it's kind of amazing. It's like, oh, you so don't get it, but in a way that is hilarious. Well, th- yeah, this is where the joke is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if only he knew that. Now, when Joe appeared on stage in St Louis this week for his first stand-up gig since the Globes, he reportedly told the crowd, Holy shit, right? This big hug that you gave me is all I need. Swear to God. Fucking whirlwind, goddamn! <laughs> apparently, he went on and said, lot of marshmallows, man. They're delicious, but goddamn, they're soft." I just came from a different time. I see the changes that are happening. I get it, but goddamn, can we not just fucking laugh at ourselves? <laughs>
0: and then I love that. Apparently, when the audience roared in applause, he yelled out, "Fuck them!" <laughs> <laughs> so
1: stupid. Oh, my God. Joy,
2: joy Coy. Joy
0: Coy. <laughs> yeah. Now,
1: we obviously have to talk about the fact that Kylie and Timmy were at the Globes together. They did not walk the red carpet, but the camera was on them all the time when they were at the
0: table together. At the table, looking like they were going to get into each other's skin or something. Well, but, well they just looked like they really loved each other. It I... I remember saying last year on the show, the second, I didn't, never understood it. When the reports came out, I was like, this does not make sense. They're from two separate universes. How does this make sense? Then I saw the footage of them. They're at a concert or something. Beyonce's. Beyonce's. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I get it. Straight away, I get it. You cannot look at these two human beings together and not understand it. I also find it irritating that anyone's trying to say this is PR. These are two people. who is? Who is? Oh, my God. On Demois, they posted something about this. All the comments were like, "Chris Jenner backstage, da-da-da-da-da, oh, PR relationship. Annoying. How long are they going to keep this up? I love saying a relationship is all for PR. This is so legit. I know that Timothy's a good actor. I don't know about Kylie Jenner's acting skills. No one could act this way. And not be in love. Yeah, they just love each other. I quite like it. I mean,
1: it's also really interesting because apparently it was this time last year that these two actually met at Paris Fashion Week. According to Dumois' sleuthing, they started dating pretty soon after. So they've been together for about a year. We, of course, have to talk about that viral moment (laughs) of gossip between Selena Gomez, Taylor Swift and Kelly Teller, reportedly about Timothy and Kylie. Now, if you didn't see this, I am sure you did but if you didn't see this there was basically this clip that went viral of selena going up to taylor and kelly teller and telling them something and they were like oh my god no it was like a big gossip moment yeah everybody caught from a particular angle kelly looking up at selena and saying timothy like with a question mark and look i'm no conspiracy theorist but she definitely said timothy
0: yeah from one of the angles i saw you know this of me i can't lip read for shit sometimes zara turns to me and you know mouths something to me I just stare at her blankly. I'm like, I'm so Wait, sorry. I'm going to need... When do we mouth to each other? <laughs> if, if something happens, like, in the office... Oh, you- I'm, I'm trying to signal to you. You're trying to... Si- you oh. send signals 24-7 with no, mouthing you- and stuff. I just stare at you blankly. I'm like, I'm so sorry, <laughs> doll. Like, you need to just verbally tell me. You're so right. We actually do do that.
1: Kind of. <laughs> um, no, I watched it and I was like, she's definitely saying Timothy. So people thought that Selena was telling taylor and kelly that she asked timothy chalamet for a photo and that she someone she said no mm. everyone was like oh my god so kylie Jenner said no to selena taking a photo of timothy i actually do think it was about a photo with timothy
0: i just don't think it was kylie that said no so it might be like a publicist. i reckon or it something. was probably a publicist a female in his name i agree i also think it was about timothy chalamet for sure i don't know if it was also about Kylie Jenner there was another theory that Selena had asked for her new boyfriend to come along to the show and be sat at her table and that she was saying she was upset that Kylie got an invite as a plus one to Timothy and was seated at his table and that's what the gossip was about whatever happened selena felt so compelled to set the record straight or maybe redirect the narrative that she actually spoke about this on social media she said no i told taylor about two of my friends who hooked up not that that's anyone's business this just made me believe it so much less
1: if they had left it i would have been a bit like "Eh, probably not a thing when she said this i was like oh so the timothy thing was definitely a thing yeah the other thing that i felt was quite hilarious with this story is after she said that there was just another headline where everyone's (laughs) like oh so it's Meryl Streep and Martin Short (laughs) because Meryl Streep we know is single Dumois started posting that actually they could be hooking up so
0: everyone's like was she gossiping about Meryl and Martin yeah and of course we know Meryl and Martin are Selena's friends they have recently been filming Only Murders in the Building season three together on that season, Meryl and Martin Short are playing love interests. It would make sense they were also sat together at the Golden Globes. I could see it, so that would make sense. Was she leaning over, saying Meryl and Martin are boning, and then Kelly said Martin, but looked like Timothy. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. That that adds up. Or she said Timothy, and then Selena said no, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so so we've done. cleared it up here. All good, except for the fact that Martin Short's rep then came out and told people that they are just very good friends, nothing more. So maybe Meryl and Martin aren't having sex. The, the moral of this story is just, like, do
1: not acknowledge these stories. The lip stories would be quite stressful for a celebrity, though. Like, no moment now is private.
0: Well, there was also that headline, we're not doing this in the episode, but between Emily Blunt and John Krasinski, oh, yeah. that he leant over and said, I can't wait to get divorced. <laughs> 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 Everyone thinks
2: you said that to her i he other did. people
0: like no he's saying I can't wait to get inside it's just so dumb <laughs>
1: now a, a quick kind of aside on the awards themselves Oppenheimer reigns supreme over Barbie it won best motion picture I wanted to touch on this very quickly before the Oscars I guess because I think it's not great signs for Barbie pre-Oscars I mean Barbie took home like one award you could say two with the Billie Eilish song but I think that's a Billie Eilish award Yeah, and Phineas. They won a trophy in a new category called Outstanding Cinematic and Box Office Achievement. Like, duh, obviously mm. they're going to win that. I felt a lot about this and I was surprised by how, how disappointed I felt that Barbie didn't pick up a heap of Golden Globes at all and I know people will probably be listening to this saying the Golden Globes aren't relevant and la 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 and award shows aren't relevant but they are like it's Hollywood and as much as we want to say the Golden Globes aren't relevant look how long we've just spent talking about them this year. Mm. I think for me I look at the comparison between Oppenheimer and Barbie and I'm not saying that Oppenheimer doesn't deserve certain awards but I just feel like there's kind of no harder task than the task that Margot Robbie took on, which was a concept that had been floating around for years that nobody could get off the ground, a concept where everybody had told her that only women would watch the film, Finding someone like Greta Gerwig to write it and to star in it and to work alongside a brand mm. and tell such a good story, I think there's such a misunderstanding or a knowledge gap between how much harder that job is than just writing a narrative for yourself mm. that's a good story. And to me, this is like the greatest movie of the year. I know I'm not a movie buff, so everyone's like, <laughs> what's your opinion wife?" But it's like that's a much harder thing to do than to tell a story about nuclear bombs like that happened you're not creating the story Mm. the story is created here I feel preemptively sad pre-Oscars and maybe people might think this is a stretch but I think there's something very intrinsic inside of me about how much we downplay and find the girly thing's very stupid and maybe I feel personally invested because of what we do on this show and I feel like that happens to us sometimes
0: well Joe Coy said it himself a movie about big boobies or whatever yeah. he said Yes, yeah. it's just like
1: that's a an incredibly tough thing to do in an industry like that mm-hmm. and I also think things that succeed commercially in the way that Barbie has also then cannot be also considered good art which is like really sad to me mm-hmm. so I have a lot of feelings about that and I'll be filthy if it bombs at the Oscars as well.
0: It did better at the Critics' Choice Awards, which happened a night or two ago. Mildly. It did mildly better. Won Best Comedy. Best Comedy and Best Original Screenplay, but again, lost out to Oppenheimer. What Will Make You Happy. Best Motion Picture. (sighs)
1: I yeah. don't think that's going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. So, like, I don't want to set myself up to fail. I would love Greta and Noah to win. Well, They're not even allowed to be, I think, now in the best original screenplay. Now they're in the best adapted screenplay. Right. I would like them to win that. I would like some just, like, key awards. Yeah. Some big acting awards but it's also not going to happen very very quickly again the other thing we obviously have to talk about on barbie and margot are her quotes to deadline she said over the break that she feels that everyone's probably sick of the side of me for now and that she should disappear from screens top line thoughts yeah
0: i don't think i've heard many men say it i'd want to go away and almost check that to make sure that's true maybe i notice it when women say it more I think it is very reminiscent of that idea that a woman can't be at the top for too long without women trying to take shots at her. It's that that idea that everyone loves this woman and everyone appreciates this woman and says she's exceptional and then all of a sudden that conversation turns into that woman is overrated and here's how that woman doesn't stack up to everything that is said about her. And I'm sad that that happens and that's kind of the culture we live in. Yeah, I think it's true, though. Mm. I
1: agree with everything you say. And just as equally, I'm like, she's probably right. If she wants to protect herself and at the end of the day... She's got to look out for herself. Mm. We probably would get sick of her. We would probably start throwing shit at her. Mm. I mean, Jennifer Lawrence had to take a break for a long time as well to do the same thing. And Hathaway. Yeah. Realistically, yes, I think it's true. As much as every part of me wishes it wasn't.
0: Mm. Our third story. Everything you know about Sydney Sweeney's boyfriend, Jonathan DeVino, is wrong. That is from Glamour. This one fell very much under the radar before Christmas. Sydney Sweeney did an interview with Glamour magazine and spoke about her relationship with her rumoured fiancé, the 38-year-old Jonathan DeVino, as well as the affair rumours surrounding her and her co-star in Anyone But You, Glenn Powell.
1: Yeah, now to start on those rumours, she said it was really hard on Glenn, which made me sad because otherwise it was such a beautiful experience for the both of us. I care for him so much. Now, she told the magazine that curiosity around her and Glenn Powell's relationship may have been fanned by the fact that she doesn't speak about her relationship ever. She's barely ever pictured with Jonathan DeVino. She said, I've never really shared that much about my relationship, so the press loves to create drama in stories. She went on to add that, weirdly, everything the internet thinks they know about Jonathan DeVino is wrong. She said, It's crazy. When you Google it, it's all the wrong information. He's not a restaurateur. (laughs) We've said that on this show. Have we? Yeah. Oh, my God. We absolutely have. I have no idea where that came from. He's also not the heir of a pizza company. He's a business guy from Chicago. We've been watching this narrative for six years now, and I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) She also said that he helped her produce anyone but you. So he's a producer? Yeah. A businessman producer? She said, Jonathan is my producing partner. He helped put the whole movie together. It's really great to work with someone who knows you so well, who fully supports your ideas. your vision and your voice, and it's nice. I mean, who doesn't want to be with their best friend all the time? She admitted he didn't produce when they met six years ago, but it's a natural fit, and she said, I just wanted to bring everyone into my world.
0: So Jonathan DeVino was part of the production team that would have surely been across the marketing plan for anyone but you, which in some way incorporated maybe leaning into speculation that Glenn Powell and Sydney Sweeney were so chemistry laden together that their chemistry had now been channeled off screen clever wow i know
1: we are that's, so stupid <laughs> that is
0: you know when we used to talk a lot about like bde yeah mm. that's
1: bde that's bde having the self-confidence to be like let the room rumors one wild i'm, I'm here having, i'm happy in my corner
0: happily having the whole world speculate that your fiance is cheating on you? i have the smallest dick energy <laughs> My, I, could could never. Never. <laughs> oh I could my. never. I could never. I know. I would crumble in mm. many ways if this was my partner and another woman. A hundred percent. Props to them. I just found
1: that really intriguing because obviously she did a big profile to set the record straight. And I just don't think this profile was
0: picked up as much as maybe they would have wanted. Completely agree. Thank you for that. Our fourth story, a wild Paul Mescal rumour, which includes rooting and running, has sent the internet into a tizzy. That is from Pedestrian. All right. This was definitely the weirdest story over the break.
2: <laughs> I loved
1: it. I'm going to keep this short. Did you guys see this? Oh, it's, yeah.
2: I, I posted about it on Shameless when you
0: guys were on. I
2: saw.
0: Ollie
1: was like, what's this? I'm like, I'm not
0: this <laughs> I opened my TikTok and like two or three videos in a row were of just women <laughs> running through parks. And there was also a clip of Paul Neskel running in a park and everything was captioned along the lines of Paul Neskel after
2: fucking me and dumping me? It was so confusing. I feel like I opened my phone, I opened
1: Twitter and suddenly it was the only thing I was seeing on my app, like gifs of him running. And then the accompanying copy was like me running after Paul Mescal after he leaves me in the park. And it was one of those really frustrating stories where I was like, where's the origin of this? Like, how do I work out what the fuck is going on? You know, when you feel like deeply left <laughs> out of the internet. Anyway, so from my digging, this random Rumor with no basis in reality started with a random person on TikTok called Erin Mary Smith saying she had gossip. Here is said gossip.
2: Paul Mescal, when he does actually get with a girl, um, he'll say to them the next day, "Hey, do you want to go for a walk?" And then, um, in the middle of the chat, he will just leg it and just do a runner and leave <laughs> her in the park.
1: <laughs> like that's where we're. It's just and she's like multiple sources <laughs> and I'm like is he'll this, just leg it <laughs> is this is it now that video now has over 55,000 likes and that is all I can find on why we're talking about Paul Meskel running away from women in the park.
2: Uh, seems <laughs> legit to me.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How
1: all good factual story start.
0: <laughs> Our fifth story. Sabrina Carpenter, Saltburn star, Barry Keoghan, fuel romance rumours with outing at LA Museum. That is from page six. So apparently Barry Keoghan and Sabrina Carpenter are a thing. Now,
1: it's very interesting to me, considering oh, I feel know where this is they're going. both on the <laughs> precipice. Of huge fame. They're at that ledge. They're the ones that everyone are talking about but they're not quite in the stratosphere yeah so what better way to do
0: it than pretend you're dating oh you're so right barry and sabrina are like really staring down a 2024 where they become a-listers exactly and you think I'm they're not... in a pr relationship i kind of do i i actually do the only there's
1: one complicating factor to my theory so let me lay it out for you these two first sparked rumors in december when they were popped out for dinner in la and this week they were spotted at a museum together I just think in the early month of your relationship you do not have to especially when you're as famous as these guys you don't have to be out mm. at hot spots mm. like you actually don't you can just go to each other's houses and keep it quiet for a few months if you want to
0: is there a world though that they've done that for like six months and we haven't seen it a lot Timothy and Kylie no I don't think so because well I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea when you were say like this really well thought out argument i was like oh what has she got here no just vibes just no
1: because barry kirgan was in a relationship and had a baby at the end of 2022 (gasps) did he they there were rumors that they'd split around july or august but he'd never he hadn't even confirmed that they weren't together
0: wow so
1: he was with his long-term partner Alison and from september 2021 until about july last year they had a baby together at the end of 2022 i think wow he wasn't super 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 famous around this time so it's of hard-to-get definitive dates. Randomly, last week, the Daily Mail
0: tracked down Alison Kieran's mother, Kathy Kieran's, and interviewed her on the step of her home. Oh, Kathy, thank you for your service. I love it when the, like, kind of messy in-laws speak. But she wasn't even that messy. Well, I don't know. She said, <laughs> Alison and Barry are on talking terms
1: and they need to be for wee Brando. Barry had the decency to give Alison the heads up about his new girlfriend and we can't fault him for that. Alison is now focusing on herself and her son. Mm.
0: Oh. So It's pretty tame.
1: I think there's still it's still a PR relationship, but Barry's probably not telling Alison that. He's like, you're probably gonna see this popping up in the press.
0: Yeah. I think you're right, Zara McDonald. I think this is actually a wonderful theory and it makes sense. They'll probably be linked for like five months. Let's make a prediction. April this year, I reckon, it wouldn't be surprising if they were seeing other people. I kind of agree. Mm. I don't think this is a legit thing. Very clever as far as PR relationships go. Very. I think perfectly levelled. I don't know if that's a sentence, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, perfectly levelled. Our sixth story, Gypsy Rose Blanchard shares her first outfit of the day out of prison, shifts to style influencer lane. I look pretty cute. That is from People. Guys, Gypsy Rose Blanchard is the biggest influencer of the moment. Yes.
1: So she's out of prison. She's gone straight to the influencing world. And if you feel like you
2: actually don't know who Gypsy Rose Blanchard is,
1: Annabelle, do you feel like you're across this?
2: I am, but because of the Joey King series.
1: Yeah. I I wonder where some of our... We worked at Mamma Mia during a lot of this time. So I feel like it was like a big story at that time. But I wonder if people feel like they miss this.
0: Well, I know it's massive in the US. Mitch and I were laughing about it when we were in New York both when we were at the basketball and then at the NFL, the people behind us were having a massive conversation about Gypsy Rose Seriously. Blanchard. It is It's very much like the topic of the moment over there.
1: All right, so let's quickly kind of recap or give a bit of context. If you don't know who Gypsy Rose is, she pleaded guilty in 2016 to murder for her role in the killing of her mother, Claudine Dee Blanchard. This story is very sad and very strange. Mm. I will give you a top line kind of, background. In 2015, Dee Dee was found stabbed to death in her home. Now, when police found her, they couldn't find Gypsy Rose. Gypsy Rose was missing. And at the time, all the police knew was that Gypsy Rose was 23 and had a bunch of chronic conditions, including leukemia, asthma, muscular dystrophy, and had the mental capacity of a seven-year-old because of brain damage from a premature birth. So they were quite worried when they couldn't find Gypsy. Gypsy. The next day, they did find her some eight hours away with her boyfriend, Nicholas Goderjohn, who she had met on a Christian singles website. Now, it became clear upon further tests and investigations that Gypsy Rose did not have any of the disorders that her mother had claimed uh, at all. She had the mental capacity of a 23-year-old, not a seven-year-old. She didn't have leukemia, asthma or muscular dystrophy and had been the victim of abuse. And it became clear then as well that Dee Dee had Munchausen's by proxy.
0: Yeah. I mean, just to give you guys a visual, if you're not really familiar with the story, for much of Gypsy Rose's life, she was bound to a wheelchair because she was told she couldn't, walk but that was not the case at all and that was part of the abuse from her mother. Gypsy Rose pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and served eight years of a 10-year sentence. Her now ex-partner Nicholas was convicted of first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison. They split and Gypsy Rose went on to marry Louisiana teacher Ryan Anderson in a prison ceremony in 2022. And then On December 28, 2023, she was released. She shared a smiling selfie in a hotel room with the caption First Selfie of Freedom. To which one of the top comments in reply was, you served, now it's time to sleep." Yeah. <laughs> is there a more
1: 2024 comment? <laughs> yeah. Could you find it? Now, since then, she has been prolific on social media. She has nearly 10 million followers on TikTok already. She's been doing Throwback Thursdays, Outfits of the Day, you name it, people are lapping it up. Here is a snippet from one of her videos.
2: Hey, everyone. So this is my outfit of the day. Everything is Zara, my top, my shorts, my shoes, and my makeup was done by the lovely Miss Isabel. So I think I look pretty cute.
1: What do we make of it? It's a little bit hard to get your head around, yep. but then also...
0: Go for gold? Yeah. I don't know. Like you served your time, so maybe this she- is totally fair enough. I-, I find the fandom really fascinating. Yeah. and Yeah. I- I don't really have a thought either way. I think a lot of people when Gypsy Rose was given her sentence of 10 years, a lot of people felt that was deeply unfair for someone who was abused by her mother for 23 years of life and who was put in the kind of conditions and the kind of scenarios that she was. And then, of course, naturally with all things, you have the people who think the fact that she's being held up as this social media icon is insulting and ridiculous and absurd. I, I don't really sit in either camp. I find the whole thing fascinating, though. A hundred percent. I mean, she also announced her ebook straight away when she
1: left prison, which seems to have already been released with Penguin Random House. She's been doing press appearances for the book, like appearing on shows like The View. She has not, for what it's worth, been shy. And I think this is the key to an influencing career, sharing every part of your world. Last week, she actually was trying to defend her husband, Ryan, from negative online comments by sharing details of their sex life. <laughs> Under one of his Instagram posts, she's told him, Don't listen to the haters. And she said that the couple don't know anyone anything. She added, besides they jealous because you are rocking my world every night, yeah, I said
0: it, the D is fire. <laughs> <laughs> how many? How many different ways is the D going to be mentioned? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Genuinely, i feel like i'm 12 the again d hearing is fire. the
2: d well i'm happy for her <laughs> yeah if yeah. she's happy well <laughs> yeah. she's been in prison for a long time i guess
0: sixth story the uber influencer who flew too close to the digital sun that is from bloomberg Zara, you're going to captain this segment a little bit. I feel like if anyone was the expert in the Kiara oh. Ferrani story, it might be you. I don't, now
1: you've set me up. I don't know if I'm the expert, but I definitely care about this story. And I'm not sure
0: if you guys saw this over the break. Well, I feel like I missed it ever so slightly. Do you know what we're talking about, Annabelle? Absolutely not. Do you know, I who, know top line. Do you know who Kiara Ferrani is? The name sounds familiar, but I looked her up the
2: other day when you guys asked in the office and I was like, nope, she looks not familiar at all. It's really
1: interesting because Kiara Ferrani, I would say, is the world's OG influencer. I agree. I would say she's the most prolific and probably most globally famous influencer. And yet I do think there's a whole generation of young people who now don't know who she is. She is Italian. She started out blogging via her website, The Blonde Salad, years ago. I think she started the blog in 2009. I think she was the first influencer I followed Mm. when her handle was The Blonde Salad. Think of the era of like... Tula vintage song of style oh I know song of style yeah there was Gary like, Pepper girl Gary Pepper Girl there was just like these key influences and I reckon there was eight of them mm. and they I think they started the whole thing and I think Chiara Ferrani was the number one in that group. She now has like 30 million followers on Instagram. And she was already super famous, but I feel she got even more famous, particularly in Italy, when she met and married uh, quite a well-known rapper called Fedez in 2018. He has 15 million followers. So you've got like two big Italian personalities coming together. I feel like it would be fair to say that they are like the first lady and husband of Italy.
0: Yeah, they are. From my perspective from the outside. To know Italian pop culture, and to be clear with the listeners, this is kind of where my background on this story dies and yours picks up, Zara. They are Italian pop culture
1: in a couple. Yeah, 100%. Now, she runs her own clothing line. She has a digital marketing agency. She sits on the board of Tod's, Mm. you know, like the leather shoe company there's also like a prime amazon prime show doco about her now i thought this was kind of interesting just as a fun fact bloomberg made note of this kind of self-written description on her website chiara ferrani is one of the most influential figures in the italian fashion media and business worlds and every day she uses her influence to make the world a better place oh dear setting yourself up for failure a little bit because what happens when you don't make the world a better place? Well, over the break, it was revealed that Chiara Ferrani entered into a charity partnership about a year earlier that wasn't quite as charitable as it sold itself to be. Last month, she was fined 1 million euro for falsely claiming on social media that the proceeds of the sale of a Pandora Christmas cake that was branded with her name would help a hospital for sick children. Now, that wasn't quite true. A donation had already been made up front but the sales had no impact on the size of the donation. So the company behind the Christmas cake
0: was also fined and it was clearly misleading. So in some way, she has suggested to her followers that their purchasing of this Christmas cake will lead to potentially a bigger donation and that was never the case. A $50,000 donation was made before any cakes were purchased.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like when the donation's made up front, the purchase of any Christmas cake is having no impact on that. Now, after this happened, Milan's prosecutor said that they were then, on top of all of this, investigating Chiara Ferrani for serious fraud. How's this passage from Bloomberg? A slew of consumer associations have opened cases against her Coca-Cola has shelved an ad campaign she was due to front and Sofilo, the world's number two eyewear group, has dumped her. Even the Prime Minister took a swipe at Chiara Ferrani, saying the people who made Pandora had more value than those who promoted it.
0: Oh, God.
1: I just feel like this story may be one to watch. I think it's a pretty big deal to be one of the biggest influences in the world and now have the prosecutor in Milan opening fraud cases against you.
0: Yeah. Our seventh and final story for today's episode, how reality TV villain Monica Garcia salt burned the cast of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City that is from Vulture. This story is obviously mine. Uh, it's all yours, baby. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen this around? Yes, definitely. I have, but I don't know the deets. At okay, all. well, I'm here to give you guys the deets. I know some of our listeners love Real Housewives. They would have watched this. There are other listeners who have never watched an episode. So I'm here to explain why the finale of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City season four is perhaps regarded now as one of the best TV finales, reality TV finales of all time. This went nuts on social media it is one of the highest rated episodes of bravo television ever and for very good reason so for the dummies do we know what real housewives is as a she's cool dummy <laughs>
2: i'll cop <cough laughs> that i, I, I believe um, it to be true i just wanted to clarify
0: real housewives is obviously a reality show that gets a group of very rich women together and often these women are already connected in a way that predates the show right I that. in an ideal world It is a friendship group that then is followed by cameras and, you know, production crews, all that kind of stuff, because they want organic drama. So if we're talking about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, two of the women are cousins. have known each other their entire lives, obviously. Other women have been best friends for 20 years. It is very much an example of Real Housewives that sticks true to the original premise. These women are in each other's lives and have known each other forever. Sometimes though, as with all reality TV shows, people want to leave or can't stay and producers need to find new cast members to join the show in a way that makes sense. This happened on Salt Lake City. One of the women in the group who had been in the group for years is named Jen Shah. We've spoken about her on Shameless before. Do we remember why? Yeah, she went to jail. She went to jail for defrauding the elderly. Yes. Oh, yeah. And this was obviously a massive storyline on the show. And she can't film because she's literally behind bars. So for the later season, the producers needed to find a new woman to replace her. So when Jen Shah's ex-assistant, a woman called Monica Garcia, applied, they thought, perfect. She has an in. She's not part of the friendship group per se, but she was the assistant of one of their best friends. She also actually ended up being a witness on behalf of the federal government in the court case that put Jen Shah behind bars. So she's kind of linked to that story, linked to the women, an easy one. Exactly. It's a little bit of a different fit for housewives. I mean, typically they all live a life of luxury, which is very interesting to watch. So she doesn't? She doesn't. She's a single mum of four and she doesn't have much money whatsoever. Only, in the first few episodes something became very apparent. For someone who has never been part of this friendship group, Monica seemed to have a lot of gossip about them all. She had access to a lot of information. She was behind the spreading of rumours that were very, very damaging. One of them was that housewife Angie was being cheated on by her husband, who was sleeping with other men behind her back. Oh, my gosh. Another rumour, again, about Angie, was that her family got their money because they're secretly part of the Greek mafia. So she's just spreading these willy-nilly. On the show. Which, look, I mean, obviously gossip and drama is part of the real housewives, but for someone to just come out and say this stuff, to that level of, flammability I don't even know if that's a word. I quite liked it. It works. <laughs> that's, that's pretty unprecedented. Right. Which made it fascinating viewing this season. It was a really, really good season. And obviously Angie and her husband deny both of those claims and say these rumours have been incredibly harmful to their lives, incredibly harmful to their child. They have been distraught by the fact that that has all been aired on this show. But Monica knew a lot and people started to wonder how. And everything came to a head when, in the final episodes of the season... The cast took a trip to Bermuda to celebrate Monica's birthday and visit her family. While there, the castmate, Heather Gay, made the discovery that Monica Garcia was actually the cyber troll behind the popular but awful account, Reality Von Tease, which had spent three or four years <laughs> tracing every aspect of the women's lives and spreading rumours about them online.
1: How big are we talking is this account? I'm looking it up now. So
0: it's been repeatedly deleted. Um, it's been one of those one of those troll accounts that is so vile and so nasty that it has gone through so many iterations because Instagram keeps deleting it. So if you look at the most recent version of the account right now, it has like five or I think there's actually a couple that are still live, five or 10,000 followers. Right. But this is an account that was massive a few years ago. Gotcha. And actually was key in putting Jen Shah into prison because of some of the stuff it was sharing. So was she always angling for a role on this show? Yes. Oh my and, god! And angled so the cast, the remaining cast members say, angled to even get that job as Jen Char's assistant to find a way onto this show in the first place. She was behind, apparently, allegedly behind spreading rumors such as Whitney is a swinger who uses public bathrooms to recruit couples. She also, I mean, screenshots suggest that she was allegedly hunting for the women's literal home addresses so she could do drive-bys past their homes. One little tidbit I found interesting, Heather Gay discovered that Monica was this troll through her hairdresser. How I feel like hairdressers know everything. The hairdresser happened to be old friends with Monica and happened to be friends with Heather and came clean and said, I've called her and said, I've got something to tell you. The cameras didn't catch any of this, by the way. I'm very confident this is a completely organic story, not scripted reality whatsoever. So she just called her and was like, this person's behind the account. Called her and said, I need to tell you this person has been doing this so once the women started looking into monica they realized she was potentially connected to a bunch of shady things for example she allegedly goes by three different names and under one of those names owes heather gay's business thousands of dollars heather runs a cosmetics company and like a facial injector she is also seen on security footage in one of the other women's stores on a day that a purse was stolen So there's kind of a constellation of allegations that are now being connected that it seems the entire cast and crew had no idea about. Monica was confronted at her own birthday party dinner where she admitted on camera that yes. Oh, so she said, yeah, actually, that's me. Well, she did this funny thing where she went, that's not true, Heather. And then Heather came back and said this now iconic line, you might have seen um, Jennifer Lawrence repeated this at the Golden Globes and went viral, screenshots, proof, receipts, evidence, Mm. like there's this line that everyone's using on social media (sighs) in a range of contexts. So Heather came back and said, no, I know I've got all the proof to say you are. And then she paused and went, it's partially true. So it's true. She's trying to say multiple people are behind the account and she was one of the people. It doesn't matter to me. That's That's still bad. bad. That's what they were saying. So the women kicked her off the trip. She ended up going home. But as part of all of this, when they're confronting her at the dinner table, a bunch of stuff came out, including... A storyline that Heather Gay, the woman confronting Monica, had been punched in the face by Jen Shah, the woman in prison, which gave her a black eye, which had been kind of covered up in the previous season. Just a bunch of, a really, really interesting finale, fascinating TV. That is why everyone was obsessed. So, is Monica going to stay on the show? I. It seems like some of the women will actually say we're not coming back if you have gone. So, one
1: hundred percent having yep. her in your orbit, if that's what she was doing. Yes, is
0: yeah. And the women say they're like, we have been friends. Yes, we have issues with each other, but we have been in each other's lives for years. We are not going to allow someone to come in and infiltrate the group and do this to us when she's caused us so much harm online. We won't film if she's part of it. But so the reunion's fair. currently happening, so it's all evolving. Wow. wow. Great story. Thank you. They should get the hairdresser to replace Monica. She seems I like agree. a great gal. Yeah. <laughs> maybe if you watch the show you wouldn't okay. say that. But oh. yeah. I mean, the, hairdresser, the hairdresser's great, but it sounds like maybe she also was She might have clean. known for a while
1: and exactly. then only decided when Monica pissed her off or well, something. Monica's I tracked
0: everything. Everything. Monica is <laughs> saying the hairdresser was part of it oh. and used used her connection to Heather as being Heather's hairdresser. You know what you confess to your hairdresser when you're in that chair? <sighs> that maybe she also was reality Bonte's. My goodness. Guys, believe it or not, that is <laughs> all we've got time <laughs> for. This has been maybe the longest episode oh, of Shameless knows. ever.
1: It's been a long one. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being patient with us over the break. We're refreshed, so these episodes will hopefully
0: be better. We're so glad to be back. Subscribe to Smart Dumb Stuff. The newsletter is dropping on Monday. The link is in the show notes. Subscribe to the show. Clicking follow is the best way to support us. Thank you, Annabelle Lee, for audio editing this episode. We're so grateful for you. Of course.
1: Thanks so much, guys. We will be back in your ears on Monday for another episode of Scandal. Bye. Bye.
0: Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish stylish if you want to say it quickly, style-ish if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account.